Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Drew. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How are we doing, folks? <laughs> uh, today we have our matchups and starts of the week for you. Um, but first and foremost, um, if you would do so, kindly look us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. If you like the content, uh, give us a follow, a like, um, anything helps. And um, if you're new to the show, this is a new show as well. Uh, this is our first year actually recording the podcast, um, but we're not new to fantasy football. Uh, between the three of us, like we've been playing fantasy football for 40 plus years. Um, so as best friends, we thought it would be cool to bring you our knowledge and information um, from all the years of playing fantasy football. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you just got to keep in mind, folks, like we do not like – we, we don't get swayed by rankings. I, I feel like I'm pretty solid that you guys don't get swayed by rankings. I know I don't. Uh, we like to make our own uh, opinions and whatnot. So, I mean, when you're listening to us, we're not just like copy and pasting off of some random website. This is genuine opinions and like us caring way too much about something we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and again, this is all new for us as far as the show goes. Um, so we're going to look to continue building this thing and hopefully have our own personal rankings available for you guys um in the near future most likely next year when we can get a little bit more established and set up but um for now we're doing weekly waiver wire shows and weekly uh, matchup starts and sits shows so uh be on the lookout for that for the rest of the season for sure tuesdays waivers thursdays starts and sits well, the episode comes out on Friday because we recorded on Thursday. Yeah, Tuesdays and Fridays. Yes. That's why I looked at you guys for confirmation. <laughs> um, so let's get right into it um, with the matchups. Keep in note, uh, Denver and the Los Angeles Rams are both on bye this week, uh, so they won't be available. Um, that also, honestly, like, why did we have, like, you know, buy buy Mageddon or whatever we were calling it, like, you know, four weeks ago? Yeah. When there's only two teams on buy now, like, why did we have, why did the NFL try to screw fantasy owners like that? I don't know why that happened. That was quite the scheduling. Things have not been right in the fantasy world since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least not in my fantasy world. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, it's been definitely a weird season overall. Um, but hopefully a good back end of the season we were talking about the primetime matchups a little earlier we've kind of had some stinkers as of late after the hot start to beginning of the season um like tonight the thursday night game which was a bit of a stinker at least if you're a falcons fan um i don't know if you're listening to my defenses of the week because the patriots keep rolling that's right but let's get right into our first matchup here. The Indianapolis Colts taking on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are seven-point favorites. The over-under is set at 50 points. Um, so even though the Bills' defense has been pretty stingy, there are some points to be scored or expected to be scored by Vegas here in this game. Um, some notes for players in this game. Cole Beasley missed practice Wednesday, logged a limited practice Thursday dealing with the painful rib injury that he suffered against the Jets. Only played nine snaps in that game. 
Um, he could play through the pain, but status for the game is up in the air. Um, for me, you know, in this uh, Bills passing attack, uh, I think I'm starting everyone except for Cole Beasley. Um, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox is what I mean by that. Do you guys feel any differently? Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. Just like every week with the Bills, I think the question really lies with the running backs. Yeah, for sure. This week seems like it's an Emmanuel Sanders week anyways uh, against the Colts defense. So I think Cole Beasley would be in a sit whether or not he was healthy. Yeah, the running back situation has been kind of funky for the Bills as far as, you know, for fantasy purposes. I don't think you can start any of them this week. At least I wouldn't. Um, Colts are the second best defense against running backs this year, only giving up 18.29 points per game. Um, So I think the Bills are probably going to be throwing the ball a lot probably kill the Colts through the air. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't start any Bills running backs. Do, would you guys consider flexing any, any of them? No. Yeah, I, I'm not big on that backfield. Uh, Jonathan Taylor takes on the uh, best defense against running backs so far this year. I mean, he's definitely a must-start still no matter who he plays. Uh, but are you guys a little worried about him? you think he can be a top – eight running back this week top eight is ah man you always put the number like right around the edge of where i really (laughs) want to commit this number was set by big herbie himself okay well now that i know that no i'm kidding (laughs) um i'll say yes it's just undeniable it's um every year in fantasy there are guys that are undeniable and he's one of them him cooper cup is very few this year yeah, I'm going to go say – I'm going to buy it also. Uh, he f- probably falls in line like right in like seven or eight spot this week just because the Bills defense is so so good at stopping running backs and stopping offenses in general this year. If you were get, if I would have put down top five, I was like, that's super dicey, but top eight seemed right where I wanted to put it. Yeah. If anyone can do it, it's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the real question marks are the receivers. Me personally, I think – uh, I think the only one I'd consider rolling with is Pittman. I don't. I wouldn't start T.Y. Hilton yet. Definitely not against the Bills. I'd save him for next week against Houston. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same. Um, in PPR leagues, though, I, I think he kind of enters like a weird uh, flex territory where you might need to start him yeah, just full because. PPR. Yeah, definitely in full PPR. Just because um, if they're playing from behind, you know, um, he should get some more opportunities. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys with Pittman. I'm sitting Hilton. Um, I'm not sure if I'd even consider Hilton as a flex in PPR myself. Um, I just don't have a ton of faith in that. He's been up and down in only the couple games he has played this year. So we'll see, but I'm not saying that like Trey's wrong here by any means. What about like Zach Pascal? Pascal? No. The only one I would consider starting is Pittman, and I'm even on the fence about that. I mean, every time uh, T.Y. Hilton is healthy, though, and comes in the game, he, he gets at least like five targets. So it's I, I think he's he's somewhat promising. Yeah, someone's definitely going to be if they're listening. They're in a deeper league. He's interesting. Yeah, and depending on how it you know plays out, but I think there could be some some garbage time potentially there for the Colts. 
um, if things don't go their way. Um, so yeah, I'd start Pittman, probably sit Hilton. Um, he's got Houston next week. See what happens this week. See if he does get those he five Tampa targets. First. Tampa, oh, is it then Tampa Houston. than Houston? Well, still, I think Tampa's a much better matchup than the Bills. Um, so yeah, wait, see what happens this week, and then you got a couple of good matchups there that you could probably play Hilton in uh, if needed. Uh, Ravens taking on the Chicago Bears. The Ravens are four and a half point favorites. The over under is forty five points. Four Bears. <laughs> uh, is that the voice you were trying? To- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's the the, the the Bears thing? But like you know, it's kind of like you have to do like a Midwestern accent. Oh, dude, my dad's family's like Bears fans. Here we go. Y'all ready for it? Duh, Bears. <laughs> <laughs> this is poor Bears this week because they're playing a pissed off Baltimore team. Poor Bears. <laughs> yeah, Ravens kind of got manhandled a bit with the Miami defense, who's been playing well and seemed to have a pretty good game plan against Lamar Jackson in the Ravens last week. Could be a bit of a revenge game for the Ravens, um, which is where the poor Bears is coming from, right? For sure. Um, so on the Ravens side um, – Marquise Brown did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's dealing with that thigh injury. Um, If he practices at all, he should be playing on Sunday, but it's getting a little bit dicey um, going into the later part of the week. Um, I think either way, if Marquise Brown plays or not, Rashad Bateman's a a really strong play. It's undeniable by this point. We've been beaten. If the horse wasn't dead, it's dead now. We've been beating that horse. For sure. I mean, he's had six targets in every game he's played this year. I mean, if if Brown's out, like he's an automatic like number one receiver. Are you starting him even if Brown's playing? Yes. You have to. Uh, Lamar Jackson left practice early on Wednesday, non-COVID-related illness. He likes his sleep, probably just a rest day <laughs> uh, since he carries this offense. Um so no worries about Lamar. Uh, Latavius Murray logged a limited <laughs> practice Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, if he gets a full practice in this week, he should probably you know, be in line to take the running back one snaps on Sunday, leaving Devontae Freeman uh, to be the RB2. For me, I'm not touching the backfield. Are you guys playing either Latavius or Devontae? Uh, it's pretty likely that someone is even in a 12 team league you have to make that decision if you want to play Devontae or not if if Latavius is in and if Latavius is out I definitely play Devontae just because running backs are so thin and he he's been hovering around like 50 percent most of the carries and whatnot uh last week his carries seemed to be down though because Lamar had like a ridiculous amount of touches yeah 52 I think something like that yeah so he's the most promising person when Latavius is out for sure but if Latavius is in I mean it sounds horrible, but I'd probably still play Devontae if you're in that situation. Yeah, I'm a little weary. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to touch this backfield either, honestly. If we had to choose one, if Latavius plays, I'd rather play Latavius. But even even though he's RB1 for this offense, that still means he gets, what, a max 12 touches? Yeah. So that's not great either way. Um, so if you can't avoid it, I would, um, I would flex Latavius Murray if I did not have a choice, though. Uh, on the other side, Allen Robinson did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's got that hamstring injury. He should play as long as he gets some practice time, but that doesn't mean you should play Allen Robinson. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I'm not playing Allen Robinson. Darnell Mooney was limited at practice Wednesday and Thursday with a foot injury. He's also expected to play, but I'm also probably not playing Mooney. I'm just going to put this on wax. The Allen Robinson Justin Fields connection is going to be great at the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah, when no <laughs> one expects it. It's coming. It is coming. I can just feel it. It's just going to come at the worst time, and no one's going to be able to capitalize on it. He's going to have like a 20, 30 point game. It's it's bound to happen in like the championship week. Exactly. <laughs> on no, everyone's I, I'm, I'm putting it on wax now. And I swear it's going to happen. Uh, so would you start either Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney? I'm in the no column, but what about you guys? Not yet. The only person I would start that's catching the ball from Justin Fields is Cole Komet. Yeah, I agree. Concur. Uh, David Montgomery, even though it's a tough matchup, he should definitely be started. Um, And little note, if you have David Montgomery, you should definitely have Khalil Herbert on your bench. That's probably late for that. You can try to trade for him. Yeah. Definitely. uh, He's probably top five cuff right now, Khalil Herbert. For sure, yeah. I mean, the crazy thing with Montgomery is that like you, we kind of thought like he get eased back into into the game plan last week with Herbert being there, like producing when he was out. Nope, they're like, oh, here you go, David Montgomery. Have eighty five percent snap share. <laughs> yeah, it says a lot about how they feel about him, which well, is true because he's a good running back. And the you know the offensive scheme overall, it's kind of nice that we know whoever is the guy in this backfield is going to be the guy, right? Yeah. You know, uh, they're going to get majority. Uh, touches so that's always good for fantasy purposes but yeah Cole Komet led the Bears in receiving in their last game against Pittsburgh in in week nine so and the Ravens are giving up 15 points per game uh, the last four weeks to tight ends so I think Cole Komet's a a strong start very 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 strong (laughs) muy fuerte (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, the Lions taking on the Browns. Cleveland is eleven and a half point favorite. The over under is forty three and a half points. Does that line seem crazy to you guys? Like Cleveland's looked like crap for a few weeks now, and like the Lions, I know they're not good, but Jesus, eleven and a half? That's a little more than I would expect, but yeah, the Lions really aren't great. The the line for the Lions is bigger than <laughs> the Lions. More wins than the Lions have had <laughs> in a year with this line. I, yeah. I don't know the, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it going, man. Uh, you, you get in line to watch the Detroit Lions, and then repeatedly they can't beat the line. So then you become a line in your own community, right? And you start lying <laughs> about your lines, thinking you're a lion, right? Oh, I'm kidding. I'll stop. <laughs> Well, for the Lions, um, Swift is um, a must-start, and same with Hawkinson still, you know, even though they're they're terrible. But one thing to keep in mind here, um, uh, Swift and Jamal Williams both logged limited practices on Thursday, so it looks like Jamal Williams will be back this week, um, which will limit Swift again. Last week with Jamal Williams out, he had 36 touches, which was a season high for him. So um, if you're a Swift manager, you're you're hoping Jamal Williams stays out this week. But if not, I think you still have to start Swift but lower your expectations a little bit. I mean, he's number five RB on the year with yeah. Jamal Williams pretty much being there like 80% yeah. of the time. So he's still definitely very, very worthy. Uh, Brown's side of the ball, you're starting Chubb and Dearness Johnson. Right, Chubb is still on the COVID list as of Wednesday, so it, it's still 
up in the air as if to uh, if he'll play or not. But offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt said Chubb is trending in the right direction on on Thursday. So he didn't really get into specifics as to what that means. Uh, we don't know if that was that meant he had a negative test today or not. But trending in the right direction is a positive thing. Um, <laughs> so hopefully Chubb will play. But uh, and if he doesn't play, Dearness is an absolute must start, of course. But I think. Either way, I think you start both Chubb and Dearness against the Lions. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm curious if you guys have noticed on the Sleeper app, I have Dearness Johnson on a couple teams. He's projected to get point zero three points, and I, I'm just wondering, like, why? Is it something messing up or something like that? It makes no sense. I'm like, is Hunt coming back earlier than I thought? He's not coming back right now. I don't know. Chubb's injured. Obviously, Dearness Johnson's been great replacing him. I have no like. Honestly, even with Chubb and Hunt back, why would you give him such a low projection? It just looks very weird to me. I don't know what they're thinking on Sleeper. So if you do have him on Sleeper, do not pay attention to that at all. Yeah, I mean, um, a day ago, Stefanski said uh, Hunt's not playing in Week 11. So they probably just haven't updated their uh, projection for him yet. But, yeah, either way, Chubb and Dearness should be started, I think. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out just in case someone sees it and they're just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. I think it's, just, it's a sleeper mistake at this point. Yeah, for sure. Hunt's still in IR. He's not going to be activated this week, so Ernest, the Ernest Johnson is an absolute must-start with Chubb in or out of the lineup. And then are you starting anyone else for Cleveland? God, no. <laughs> I'm not either. Jarvis Landry does look interesting. I'd rather play the guy with the paper bag over his head in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just have to throw that out there because the Lions are susceptible to being thrown on. It's just a matter of if Baker wants to throw the ball or do a commercial. Yeah, <laughs> Baker even said that. Like he came out this week, said he's beat up. Um, he said this is the most like beat up he's felt in his entire career. So I mean, he's hurting. He's out there, you know, grinding it out. But like his shoulders bugging him. Like he, like everything's bothering him right now. So. Even if he can throw the ball or chooses to throw the ball, he can't throw the ball more than you know ten yards on the field. Yeah, I'd be avoiding that situation for sure. There's better options out there. Uh, Texans taking on the Titans. The Titans are ten point favorites. The over under is forty four and a half points. Uh, looks like Jeremy McNichols did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's still in the league's concussion protocol. Uh, so for the Titans backfield. If Jeremy uh, McNichols is out for sure, does that make you more confident in starting uh, Deontay Foreman or Peterson? At this point, I'm I'm all Foreman. I'm like I'm like seventy Foreman, twenty Peterson, ten percent. Who else is there? Like yeah. I, I really think Foreman. It's the writing's on the wall at this point. He's going to be the one, um, just leading the backfield. Yeah, for sure. I'm. I mean, honestly, whether McNichols is in there or not, Foreman, I think, is the only viable option you have. It's not a great option, but it's the only one you really have out of the backfield. Yeah, I agree. Um, it looks like Foreman's, you know, the, probably the only player to hold right now. And this, like, I, I dropped Peterson in a couple leagues that I had him in, including Ford Foreman. Um, you got to keep in mind, Foreman's, like, off the street, yeah. right? Like, so, I mean, give the guy a couple weeks to get um, back in the groove, you know? Yeah, he looks the best, too, like the best option going forward um, out of the three. So, 
Yeah, I think it'll be Foreman going forward. I think the only one you can start this week is Foreman. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't start Peterson this week. I would. I would start Foreman, and that's about it in deeper leagues. Um, Ryan Tannehill, though, on the other hand, um, is looking likely to have a big game. Uh, he's basically the stream of the week against Houston, who's giving up almost 20 points per game to quarterbacks. Um, so Ryan Tannehill's a start this week. A.J. Brown's a start. Uh, the question mark in the receiving game will be Marcus Johnson, who's filled in as the wide receiver two with Julio Jones on IR. Um, he played 63% of snaps last week and led the team um, in receiving with 100 yards. Do you need to see another week of Johnson before you put him into your lineup? Or would you feel comfortable flexing him after the big week last week? I would definitely wait and see. I mean, the, the two times he has came in when Julio Jones was out, they he had a decent snap percentage and five targets in both of those games. Uh, the first game he had three catches for 52 yards. The other time he had five targets, one catch for eight yard. And then obviously, as we know, last week he had six targets, five catches, 100 yards. So finally had like a good game, but it doesn't, I don't see consistency. So I, I have to wait. Yeah, I don't want to start him, but it's a pretty good matchup. Um, and after, you know, and as you said, you're, he is getting, you know, five targets a game when Julio is out, which is pretty, you know, decent target share that way. I think if you have to flex him, I think you can go worse ways. Um, in Marcus your flex. Johnson or Jarvis Landry? Marcus Johnson. Uh, Only because I would I, wow. I prefer the matchup and I prefer the quarterback. Yeah, I would go yeah. I would go Johnson also. Damn, I guess I'm the only one on the Landry <laughs> side. It doesn't feel good over here. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so Marcus Johnson, I think, is worth a look as a flex in – in deeper leagues. Um, on the other side of the ball, Brandon Cooks uh, is probably the only start, right? Um, Cooks is fourth in the league with a 30% target share, and they're playing the Titans, who have given up the most receiving yards and fantasy points to the wide receiver position this year. Um, but that's where the line stops. Yeah, definitely. Tyrod Taylor's back, right? Yeah, he's yeah. back last week, too, and still sucked. Well, I mean, as long as Ty Rod's back, though, Brandon Cook's stock is higher. So for sure, because like Ty or Brandon Cook's is the only person Tyrod Taylor throws the ball to, which is great for owners like me. Um, Packers taking on the Vikings. The Packers are two point favorites. The over under is forty nine points. Um, it's pretty much uh, the same story for the Packers. Start Rodgers and Adams, and instead of Jones, you're starting Dylan this week absolute must start um with jones being out for at least this week um dalvin cook as of right now is still good to go <laughs> so you know if he's if he's playing you're you're starting him um but if you haven't already you should have madison on your bench um he's rostered right now in 60% of leagues on sleeper really that should be i feel like all leagues um because even if you know dalvin cook gets hurt he's he's the best handcuff um in the league so if madison's available in your league you're honestly blessed it's it doesn't make sense to me if you're in a competitive league honestly if you have like one competitive person in your league and they have space in their bench they're gonna have this guy on their bench so if they're available you're really lucky 
Yeah, honestly, I'm even if he's not available in in on the waiver wire, I'm trying to trade for him right now. If I had Dalvin Cook, I want that handcuff so badly because his legal situation could turn on its head in the blink of an eye, and the second that happens, I want Matt Madison in my lineup. So and like I, you, know, you could trade if he's just a handcuff. I think you could probably get him on a trade, which and for most weeks or most leagues, this is the last week of of trade deadline. So you could probably you know trade a low end flex player form, and I I think that's worth the risk. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is like the handcuff episode. Really, we talked about he's probably one of the top five guys we talked about. We've probably brought up three or four of them so far, like Madison. Khalil Herbert on Chicago, Dernis Johnson on the Browns, like just some of the best handcuffs you can get for sure. Uh, Tyler Conklin had a big week last week, a couple touchdowns. Um, he's looking like a good stream this week against the Packers, who are giving up 14 points per game to the tight ends. So would you guys say go ahead and stream or plug Tyler Conklin right back into your starting lineup? Yeah, I think he's a pretty good stream this week. I mean, he's pretty touchdown dependent, um, but it's a it's a decent matchup, so I, I would I would roll with him. I would roll with him if the situation needed me to, but I I prefer volume tight ends over touchdown dependent tight ends, and if Dan Arnold's available, it's a way better play. Um, would you start him over Adam Troutman? Yes. Yeah, because th- that team scores touchdowns, the Vikings. So <laughs> sometimes I would I would start Troutman in that situation. Me personally, um, I just think um, his arrow is pointing up with Trevor Simeon, and you know he was drafted to be a a, a, a player in the offense and and get some receiving work. So I think Damn, it's starting to go set that way. Up. What do you mean? Because oh, I forgot that I felt that way about Troutman like four days ago. Because <laughs> like, oh, like him and Simeon's connection honestly does improve his stock a lot. Yeah, like, it really does. Um, are you guys worried about Thielen or Jefferson at all this week? Packers defense has been pretty good, giving up uh, only twenty three and a half points per game to receivers in the last four weeks, which is the fourth best in the league. Would you hesitate starting Thielen? You're obviously automatically starting Jefferson. Uh, I'm not gonna hesitate. I'm not gonna hesitate starting him. Like you, you're gonna put him in your lineup. But I am lowering some expectations this week. I think you're more likely to see a game between like eight and twelve points than a game that's like fifteen or seventeen. I, I mostly agree with that. This is how I want to find the answer here. I want to break it down a little bit. So twenty-four points a game, right to receivers. Let's just say four of them play. So like one person probably big like double digits if the Packers keep it up. And so like at that point, it becomes a coin flip. And I had to ask our Packers fan here who knows the Packers defense better than we do. Like, which receiver do you think is more liable or more likely to like take advantage of the defense? Because it's really a coin flip to me at this point. It's either Jefferson or Thielen. One of them is going to have a good game. The other person's really just going to hover around like wide receiver 30 that week. Yeah. I mean, if, it's, if the question is who's more likely to have a better game, it's Justin Jefferson. Um, I think pretty easily um but well let me add this in there it maybe changes it because adam thielen's obviously like a red zone threat right jefferson's more of kind of all-around big play guy really just more all-around i guess you would say so like where are the packers more vulnerable in the red zone or just in general they've been pretty good in the red zone actually um so yeah i mean 
for me, it's like the only one I would consider questioning is Adam Thielen. But Justin Jefferson. But, but you're starting both of them no matter what. I'll take Jefferson then. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this. Would you rather start Adam Thielen or Jalen Waddle against the Jets? Ooh-wee. Yeah. I'll take Jalen Waddle, but – I'll just be honest about Tua. I'm super high on Tua this year, but I, if you can, I wait another week just to, just to see. Like after that finger injury, I I think um just, just give him some time to get back to full health. So I think it affects Waddle's status, but Waddle will definitely. I think he'll get more work than Thielen will. Yeah, Tua was a full, uh, got a full practice in on Thursday, so it's it's looking like he's pretty close to 100. percent I might be biased because the first time I watched the Dolphins all year, and he just he looked weird when he was throwing the ball. Like the the whole the whole, the whole motion, and everything was just weird to me. Waddle or Thielen, Tyler, you're not getting away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over stroking my mustache trying to figure this out. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. I think I'm gonna go with Waddle because he's the number one option in the passing game there. Plus, it's a really you know good matchup. Where Thielen's number two against a tough matchup. So I'm going with Waddle. And plus, I think Waddle's averaged like 15 and a half points a game the last five games. So that's a really good uh, floor. Yeah, and speaking of the Dolphins, the Dolphins are taking on the Jets. Um, the Dolphins are three-point favorites. Over-unders, 44 and a half points. Um, as we just said, um, Tua was limited on Wednesday but got a full practice in on Thursday. So he he's looking good to go. Um, the Jets, on the other hand, are starting Joe Flacco this week. Uh, Zach Wilson's not 100% yet, and they trust the veteran more going against the extremely blitz-heavy Dolphins. Does Flacco getting the start change your perception on any of the Jets players, like Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis? I think those are the three guys that, you would consider starting this week and are you starting them i see the thing is i don't know who to start i just know i get with such a gut feeling just from watching joe flacco um in his most recent games in like past years like he has no arm left and they're starting him because of his knowledge of the game right so he's gonna know where to check down to on these blitzes so i really feel like it's gonna be the running back whoever's in right and ty johnson has been like the receiving running back most of the year but Michael Carter has been getting more receiving work lately. So I'm leaning like really heavily on Michael Carter having a really good game this week. But the thing is, it's really just a matter of who they trust with pass blocking. And I honestly don't know enough about the Jets with that, if it's Ty Johnson or Michael Carter. Because obviously they want pass blocking with a blitz-heavy defense. That's why they're even starting Flacco. So whoever's in on those packages, that's who's going to eat. That's a good point. Except if they're, you know, stuck inside pass blocking them, they're not gonna be catching any balls either. So You could get those rub blocks though, you know. <clears throat> yeah. I I just with his arm, I just don't see how it's gonna work like facing a, a blitz heavy defense without just dumping it off. It's either the, the running backs or the tight ends, wide receiver screens maybe, like Yeah, um I think I'm still only rolling with Michael Carter here. Um, I mean, he's getting, you know, by far the most rushing work on the team. Plus, he's also getting uh, pretty much all the same targets that Ty Johnson is, too. So they're pretty even in that aspect. So I'm going to go with Carter. Yeah, I think starting, you know, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, they, 
it's a little sketchy because you just don't know what's exactly going to happen with Flacco at quarterback. I, gut instinct tells me that he's not going to be pushing the ball down the field very much. So between Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, I'm I'm leaning Elijah Moore um, rather than Corey Davis, but I wouldn't really prescribe starting either one of them. Um, I would definitely look to bench and, and start someone else if if I have someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in really, really deep leagues, if you had to start one, I would say Elijah Moore. Uh, but definitely Michael Carter, I think, is a, is a solid start. Um, and that's the only one I'm comfortable starting. Um, on the Dolphins side, you're starting Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I think you have to. He, he's uh, he's scoring somehow. I mean, yeah, barely, man. Like, I don't want to because like. He's been pretty atrocious most of this year. Uh, you know, double-digit points only four times, and the rest of the games have been, like, under five. It's been really bad. But the Jets are so bad against running backs. I mean, it is Terrible. insane. Um, it's been, and, it, and the crazy thing, like, they've always been bad all year. It's gotten worse the last four weeks, which seems, you know, not impo- not possible. Yeah, for me, uh, Miles Gaston is a start. Um kind of almost have to against the Jets because they've been so bad. And and I think, you know, one thing that gives me confidence in Miles Gaskin is that the Dolphins haven't gone away from Miles Gaskin yet. <laughs> Here's Miles Gaskin. They're sticking with them, you know. Here's his yards per carry in the last three games. 2.21, 1.7, and three yards well, per carry. I mean, the the value in him is you hope he gets receiving work. You know, that's – that's when he has his good fantasy days is when he gets some work in the receiving game. Um, so hopefully that happens. Um, but they really don't have anywhere else to go. So <laughs> they're kind of forced to to feed Miles Gaskin. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to point out, like, I mean, on those uh, yards per carry, it's like 14 attempts, 20 attempts, 12 attempts. These are like borderline RB2 attempts, you know, if he actually was getting yardage and touchdowns off of these. And honestly, the crazy thing with that, he for PPR leagues, he is still ranked twentieth. So I mean, he is a he's still like solid uh, running back. You know, right at the the bottom end of a running back two there. Yeah, since like week five, he has like a good week, a bad week, a good week, a bad week, a good week, and then a bad week. Um, and this week is one of is supposed to be one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> and the matchup is there. Um, so I mean, the Jets have given up forty seven points per game to running backs in the last four weeks. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of um, you know points to go around. I'm definitely down with him. I just wanted to point out how much better he could be if they could run the ball. Uh, Jalen Waddle is a must start. And are you worried about Mike Gesicki at all after not getting a reception last week and giving everyone a big old goose egg? He did have seven targets. So. Not worried at all. Mike Gesicki is, you know, like top five tight end number three number three right now yeah i mean seven targets uh zero catches the man does not drop catches so obviously those are just bad throws and like i said last week Tua looked weird it was just a weird game that's why i'm kind of like sitting off of Tua right now even though i like him so much but with Jasicki, i'm totally still in yeah i mean the target share is just too high to you know be worried about that he is 
getting seven or eight targets every game on average. I mean, it's it's too easy not to just keep rolling with him. Yep, he's the gesickiest. Uh, Saints taking on the Eagles. The- I think you should leave the puns to Trey over here. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-unders, 43 points. Alvin Kamara was limited at practice Wednesday. Did not practice Thursday. Uh, dealing with the MCL injury. Uh there's, you know, really two options here. The team could just be managing his reps. That's why they held him out on Thursday. But it also could have been due to a setback with his health. And we have no report um, as to which of those options it is yet. So definitely worth monitoring and preparing to be without Kamara. I mean, he was out with the MCL injury, so I, I, I feel like they're definitely going to play it safe. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously – the future of their team right now yeah it's just scary because it went backwards in progression you know he played he practiced limitedly on wednesday and was out thursday so that's scary Um, normally you wanted to see an an uptick in practice reps going into the game so um i'm certainly worried as a kamara owner i personally as last week when kamara went down and said he was gonna be out i immediately tried to trade for mark ingram but we have dimwits in our league and they didn't even look at the trade (laughs) (laughs) hate that um i think mark ingram though and uh, curious to see what you guys think Uh, i think mark ingram's a play and you can start him whether kamara's playing this week or not what do you think i I totally agree yeah with if kamara does play he's flex worthy for sure and kamara doesn't he's probably gonna be a top 10 running back so yeah, I think if Kamara plays, they're still going to want to limit his snaps coming off, you know, an MCL injury. Um, so Mark Ingram is is likely to get um, some run here, and the Eagles have been really, really bad against the run. Not as bad as the Jets. Not as bad as the <laughs> Jets, but they've uh, they've been giving up twenty seven points per game. Uh, to the running back position. So that's like saying you're poor and someone's like, well not as poor as a homeless person. It's <laughs> like thanks for the confidence, man. So actually with that being said, then let's go ahead and do another you know, who who would you pick here? If Kamara's out, would you start Mark Ingram or Miles Gaskin? Oh I'd feel more comfortable with Mark Ingram just right off the bat. And that's my first thought. It's I'm super biased, so I I'm like a huge fan of Mark Ingram. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. He hasn't like had full RB1 load really ever in his career. The guy's more fresh than a lot of guys at this point in the league, being in there for 10 years now. I mean, he's basically a five-year player. He, he still has a lot left in the tank, and he's a very good running back. Yeah, in that situation, I would have to go Mark Ingram just because he would be the dude. Um, he played 85% of snaps last week without Kamara in. I mean, yeah. What running back do you know is going to get traded to a team and in the second week they're there, like a week and a half later, takes 85% of the snaps? And the receiving work was good. I mean, and like you said, there's still some, some juice in the tank. So, yeah, I would I would start Mark Ingram in that situation. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I'd go with Ingram also only because he's the more known commodity. Um, Gaskin really has only had one good fantasy year. That was last year. And then he got hurt and – excuse me kind of derailed the rest of his season um and this year's been pretty up and down so i think i'm gonna go with ingram also but it's very close didn't we all unanimously agree before the season started that miles gaskin is a a, he's a product of 
um, wow, well, I'm I'm not I'm think, I'm missing the word right now. He's he's a product of usage volume. <laughs> yeah, he's a product of volume. That's a better way to say it. Like he's not a very good running back, or like he he doesn't stand out really in any area. So no, um, he he really doesn't. He's not a great athlete by any means, um, compared to NFL standards. No, so. he's definitely definitely not. Like <laughs> yeah, so the he, volume's down now. So I mean, he and I think the only reason he gets the volume is they don't have anywhere else to go. So that's yeah. Ricky Williams ain't walking through that door. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, me too. Um, on the eagle, or well, Adam Troutman. I think we should add a note. He's a startable tight end option. Top ten this week. Oh, um, <laughs> and well, I mean that you said startable, so that'd be top ten, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, no one's flexing Troutman. Well, should, should I say tar- uh, I'll say top twelve with Simeon at quarterback. He's top twelve. Yeah. Okay, that's better. Uh, Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> no receivers on the Saints side, though. Stay away. Um, on the Philly side. Um, Dallas Godair, or Godert, uh, did not practice Wednesday, got a limited practice in Thursday, dealing with the concussion. His status is up in the air for Sunday. He has to receive clearance from an independent neurologist. So um, if he does play, are you guys okay starting Dallas? Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, he's had enough production this year that you kind of have to. You probably don't have a better option. All right, and uh, how do you feel about? I just want to add this real quick. Yeah. I do not like concussion protocol. Um, it scares me away from people, so it scares me away from Godair this year, this week. Yeah, I mean, definitely make sure you have another option. Um, this isn't concussion protocol like we were in high school. This is like concussion protocol getting like <laughs> yeah. ran into. There was no concussion protocol. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, first of all, right, but like this is like getting ran into by like one of the most athletic, biggest humans in the the planet, not like the kid down the street. So this is way different than the concussion concussions. I feel like we're thinking of. Yeah. I just I just get weary about that kind of stuff. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a decent game, even you know up against a, a tough matchup last week against the Broncos. It's got another tough matchup against the Saints, but are you weary at all? Would you not stay, start Jalen Hurts in any situation? Uh, I turned my back on him last week, and uh, I think he taught me to not do that again. Um, <laughs> you turned your back, and what did he do? He stuck it in Yeah, He did. <laughs> <laughs> he did, and um, I'm not going to go against him this again this week. Um, Soap on a rope is your gift this year. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, uh, shit. <laughs> uh no i think i think he's proven like even in, in the games where like he did finally go under 20 points he's still hovering around like 18 points in those games so he's good to play week in a week out yeah um last four weeks saints are giving up 21 points per game to the quarterback position so there's a little light there at the end of the tunnel Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> yes, I don't know who put that on our document. That was with Jim over here. Yeah, sir. Smoke them if you got them. The reason I put that is, um, who knows how much longer Jalen Hurts will be an actual starting NFL quarterback. So while you have him for fantasy, smoke them if you got them. Uh, honestly, perfect. Now that you explain it, I love it. <laughs> I was super confused when I first read. I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't. What if it's like bad? I don't want to smoke it. Like, I don't. <laughs> what if it's bad? What if like it? What if it like hurts me? <laughs> Sativa or indica? <laughs> Devonta Smith is a must start uh, this week and pretty much every week. Um, 
over 20 points in the last two weeks. Um, in the last two weeks, and the Saints give up the fourth most fantasy points to the receiver position. So, yeah, must start there, and you're not starting anyone else. Top five this week, Devonta Smith calling it. Called it. Oh, 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 oh. Is, that, is that making him your start of the week? I, I haven't looked at those yet, so. I don't know. Hold your horses, dude. All right. So you'd start him over Jalen Waddle. Definitely. You'd start him over Amari Cooper. Definitely. You'd start him over. Definitely. Jerry Judy. No. <laughs> uh, hold on. Oh, no, <laughs> that's actually a good one, honestly. That's a pretty good one. Because Jerry Judy, he's super interesting because he's had some like kind of bad weeks. And uh, he's just primed for a great rest of the season. I, I've seen way too many stats just indicating it. I wish I had him off the top of the head, but his yeah. his target share and depth of target and all that kind of stuff, Jerry Judy's primed. Um, I hope you're starting him over Jerry Judy because Jerry Judy's not playing this oh, week. Yeah. He's on bye. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, DJ see, Moore. Uh, see, maybe that's why I wasn't thinking of I love Jerry Judy, though. Devonta Smith or DJ Moore? That's super easy. It's Devonta Smith. Yeah, I agree. I have, don't have a lot of faith in Cam Newton. Yeah, well, speaking of, the Washington football team's taking on the Carolina Panthers. Man, your segues are on point. I know, right? Yeah, smooth. Uh, Panthers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 43 points. Um, let's start on the Carolina side since we were just talking about them. Um, so you're not starting Cam Newton. You're not starting DJ Moore. And... You're obviously starting Christian McCaffrey Jr. or Christian McCaffrey Jr., right? His son. Fuck, he has a son already. Yeah, he's already signed. In, in the league. <laughs> My uh, kid's not going to play football then. Yeah, um, no, I'm not. I'm not starting Cam Newton, and I'm not starting DJ Moore. I just, I just, I have no faith in Cam Newton right now. Yeah, it's CMC only this week. I, I do like Cam Newton possibly like at uh, different times throughout the year if he does retain his starting role. But this week with him going up against Riverbot, uh, Riverbot, Riverboat Ron, I just <laughs> my, my gut feeling honestly is like he will try to um, – I, I struggled to find the wording for this. Maybe you guys would have a better wording for it. But just he's going uh, to – he's just going to try too hard playing against his former coach, try to outplay – and just try too hard, try to do too much. Yeah, overstep. Play, yeah. play out of the game plan. Yeah, he's gonna put too much on his plate, and he's try already to be Superman, dude. He's inconsistent already, right? Yeah. So I feel like it's gonna like elevate that, and um, I'll get to it later. But I just feel like Cam Newton definitely it's not gonna be a good start this week at all. I, I agree. I mean, Cam Newton hasn't been Superman, which you know he likes to call himself um, since his MVP year five years ago. He's has been super de- super steep hill since then. I'm back. Let me ask you this. DJ Moore, or <laughs> what? DJ Moore or Marcus Johnson? Uh, DJ Moore, I Marcus mean. Johnson. Wow, really, dude? I, you I, guys saw what Cam Newton did on the Patriots last year. He he was not throwing the ball very well. Yeah, but he also had a bum shoulder. His, his shoulder is better now. I still have faith in him, like being an accurate thrower. He's never been a very accurate thrower. So did the doctors say his shoulder was bum, or he was? <laughs> so you would I'm sorry you that's, seriously that's start, too much you would start Marcus Johnson over DJ Moore this week yeah I would what about Emmanuel Sanders over DJ Moore yes yeah I, I'd give Emmanuel Sanders over DJ Moore DJ Moore is only going to score points if he gets a touchdown yeah I'm I'm sitting DJ Moore this week too just Christian McCaffrey 
On the other side of the ball, though, Antonio Gibson limited at practice Wednesday and Thursday. That's been the story all season. He'll probably play. He had a good game last week um, with 24 carries. Um, Really, the game script kind of played to Gibson's favor, which was surprising because they were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, And unfortunately, he might have to have good game script to put up games like that going forward, Um, which is a little bit my worry with Antonio Gibson. It's a tough matchup. Do you start Antonio Gibson? I like Antonio Gibson this week, actually. Um, I think after, you know, everything that's happened leading up to the Tampa Bay game, him getting as many carries as he does, season-high 24 carries, um, against, you know, the one of the best run rush defenses in the league is huge. So I think that even though he has the injury, he certainly, he certainly has progressed, it seems like, because they, they wouldn't have given him that many carries if he was, you know, out well, there, they were playing with a lead a lot of the game. That's true. So, which they normally aren't. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I mean, honestly, I with not with me not having any faith in Cam Newton, I expect him to play from lead in this game too. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I even though Jaden McKissick's been like floating around taking away passing work, it, this is a, a good week for Gibson. It seems like uh, Terry McLaurin was limited at practice Wednesday, full practice Thursday with that shoulder injury, so he should be good to go. You're starting. Logan Thomas has not been activated off the IR yet. Missed practice both Wednesday and Thursday. It's looking pretty unlikely that he's going to play, but also Ricky Seals-Jones missed practice Wednesday and Thursday after injuring his hip early in the game against Tampa Bay, which sucked because he was getting a lot of good looks. Um and early reporting is concerned that he could miss not just this week, but more than, than this week, um, even though he hasn't been officially ruled out yet. John Bates is next on the death chart behind Ricky Seals, and I'm not going there if Ricky Seals doesn't play. I'll just say this, that when Logan Thomas went out, right, we, we, we love Logan Thomas because of his, like, 90-plus percent snap share, right? Logan Thomas goes down, Ricky Seals-Jones comes in, basically just slides into the exact same role. 90-plus percent snap share, same stats, basically same targets and all that. So I'm inclined to believe that John Bates would play a majority of snaps. Honestly, I know nothing about him, though. But it no just one seems does. like... <laughs> And honestly, like it's because Ricky Seals Jones is a, a actually a good player. I don't even know if John Bates is or not, but I assume they're not gonna put as much faith into him as they do with Logan and yeah. Ricky Seals Jones. And the thing is, like the logic is completely there. Like the the red or who almost said the said said, said the R word. <laughs> the Washington Football Team has uh, as oh. you know, <laughs> I was like what, what <laughs> did he almost say? <laughs> 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 I, I thought you were talking about retard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me um, I mean, you know, as you said, Logan Thomas to Ricky Steele's Jones, they both played basically 100% of snaps, um, regardless, whoever was starting. The thing is, like, we've seen Ricky Steele's Jones pop in, pre- in previous years and have, like, good good outings, like, you know, big games. Where, like, no one knows who John Bates is. Like, he could be an action figure character for all we know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're not going that far. Um, so look elsewhere if you're relying on either uh, Thomas or or Jones. I, I have to add this: when Seals Jones went out, he played 64% of snaps, three targets, three catches, 25 yards. 
pretty promising for a third string tight end. I, I'm just saying, if you're in a deep league, it's not the worst, man. Would you start that. him over Adam Troutman? No, I mean we're talking like a uh, let's say like we're in a 14 team league. This is someone who might be like viable. So top 14, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. Yeah, it's just it's dicey just because we don't know who he is. But I mean, as you said, like it just the fact that like they've only played one tight end. They've done that all year long. They've played one tight end, basically a hundred percent of snaps. Yeah, and Heineke seems to like to throw the tight end. So I mean, this is what we know, dude. He's six six. He's two hundred sixty pounds. He's out of Boise State, and he was named after a cop. <laughs> Most likely, <laughs> <laughs> his name's John Bates. Sounds like a really good blocking tight end. It sounds like someone that could really escalate a situation. <laughs> uh, 49ers taking on the Jaguars. Uh, 49ers are six-point favorites. The over-under is 45 points. Debo Samuel is limited at practice on Wednesday and Thursday with a shin injury. Uh, it's a bit of a concern right now. Um, he's been dealing with it for a couple weeks. Um, I think he's expected to play, but... Uh, yeah, that, sorry. I said should be be a concern. It's supposed to be should not be a concern. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, my, my B. Yeah, good writing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he should be good to go. Obviously, you're starting um, him if so. Uh, Elijah Mitchell did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, uh, but head coach Kyle Shanahan said he's hopeful that he will be able to play Sunday, but that's, you know, take that with a grain of salt. If Mitchell is on, if you're relying on Mitchell, you should already have Jeff Wilson on your bench. But if you don't and he's available, absolutely um, add him. Because if Mitchell misses, in my opinion, Wilson's a must start. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I think we've obviously agreed at this point that the 49ers backfield, whoever's healthy, um, you pretty much have to start him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jeff Wilson should be the guy, but for some reason, I have this weird inkling that if Mitchell's not the guy, then like Trey Sermon comes out of nowhere to like take care of most of these these snaps. It's a weird inkling just I have, but uh, if I'm gonna roll with somebody, it's gonna be Jeff Wilson. Yeah, it's definitely Jeff Wilson. I don't think Trey Sermon's gonna see much of the field for the rest of this year, honestly, unless there's more injuries. Um, James Robinson did not practice Wednesday and is limited in limited return to practice on Thursday uh, with that heel injury and a new knee injury. Um, so being held out kind of seems to be a precautionary at the moment, and he's expected to play Sunday. Uh, do you have any concern for James Robinson? No, if he plays, he's the only guy, plus Dan Arnold. Whoa, easy, easy. No disrespect, no disrespect. <laughs> With Dan Arnold, uh, they're the only two guys even worthy of considering. What, you don't want to start Jamal Agnew? We're 39? <laughs> <laughs> can't get off that number. You just can't. You guys joke, man, but he is worthy in PPR leagues. Yeah, not he, for he, me. He's, uh, he's definitely – people are considering him. Yeah, and will continue to consider consider <laughs> but i'll say this about james robinson um i'm not worried about it at all he, he played last week with that heel injury the, the knee injury is a little concerning but i mean he went into that game last week with the heel injury and, and played just fine 
So I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, when they held him out of practice yesterday, the reports were saying that it was mostly precautionary. Um, they just want to give him basically a rest day. So there shouldn't be any concern, really. Yep, and, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde is um, available in, in quite a few leagues, I believe. Um, so, obviously, he's a nice handcuff to James Robinson because they like him a lot if, if Robinson's unable to go. Um one of the worst handcuffs, speaking of handcuffs this episode, I would say Carlos Hyde. I mean, he came in and had 21 carries and like averaged like three yards a touch. It's well, he had 21 carries. <laughs> you know, that's the that's what makes him a handcuff is just the volume alone. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, I, just, I just think it goes to show that like, when he does get the opportunity, he hasn't been very explosive. Oh, yeah. No, he's definitely not James Robinson, um, even though they tried to give – they almost tried to like split the backfield at the beginning of the season – until, you know, James Robinson was just pretty much undeniable. Um, how do you guys feel about Brandon Ayuk this week? Um, played 90% of snaps last week, but only saw four targets, three catches for 26 yards. It's a good matchup. Debo's struggling with the injury, but do you have any faith in Ayuk? Not at all. Never had it in the first place. <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't have it before the season. I'm not an IU guy, never was, and still am not. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure I put this word in there. I think he's been playing shenanigans uh, all, all year. <laughs> What's that restaurant with all the shit on the wall? <laughs> you mean shenanigans? <laughs> uh, it's just like he has one good game. Everyone's like, oh, he's back. And then he you know, puts a pooper of a game up next. And like then he has another you know, two or three bad games after that. Like, I'm just done with him. Yeah, it's kind of like when Shane Ann has his guys, he goes to his guys, and that's pretty much it. Um, and not to mention, like, Kittle's dominating since he came back from injury, so yep. it just means Ayuk is that much farther out of the game plan. Yeah, for me, it would take a Debo injury almost to make Brandon Ayuk relevant. I, he's a deep, deep flex play, you know, um, at this point, and... I don't know if that'll change. I think, honestly, I think there would have to be an injury to Debo for that to change. Um, yeah, for me to even like consider looking at IU, Debo would have to be injured. That's how far away I am from at this, him. Well, at this he's point. definitely their wide receiver too. You know what I mean? But the the issue is, is they use like three guys. You know, Mitchell had twenty seven carries, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel. That's that's it. So. Until we see some more variance in in the offense, and and part of the reason Brandon you know, had a terrible game, there was only nineteen pass attempts by the entire offense. You got four of those, so it's not like, I mean, it's pretty tough to have a big day as the wide receiver two when your quarterback's only throwing the ball nineteen times. Marcus Johnson or Brandon Ayuk? Johnson. I would go Ayuk. Yeah, Marcus Johnson is getting some love. I would definitely go Ike. Definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, Cardinals at the Seahawks. Uh, the Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. Over under is 48 points. Uh, Kyler Murray is questionable for the game, logging a limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. When asked if he would play, Kyler responded, I hope so. I'm pretty close. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury said uh, he was out there moving around pretty good today and has just gotten better every day. We shall see how it progresses. Um, so backup QB Colt McCoy is also limited. 
um, with a pectoral injury. So it's looking a little bit murky there for the quarterback situation. Obviously, if Kyler's in, you're playing him uh, no matter what. But he might be without DeAndre Hopkins again, who missed practice Wednesday and Thursday um, and hasn't practiced since October 22nd. So doesn't look likely that he will play um, again this week. So what are we doing with Arizona? Um, you know, Christian Kirk, for me, especially if DeAndre Hopkins is out, is a start. Um, I don't know how how you guys feel about the receivers, but what do you think? Yeah, I uh, Christian Kirk is pretty much the only other viable person uh, in the receiving core I would go with. Um, if you're thinking Rondell Moore, maybe, I mean, even with um, – AJ or with DeAndre out last week, Rondé Moore uh, only saw like twenty percent of snaps, and uh, another receiver whose name I'm forgetting right now um, on the Cardinals had AJ like, Green. No, a, a different one. Oh. Um, on the depth chart, like but beneath Rondale technically had like seventy percent of snaps. So even with DeAndre out, Rondale Moore saw less snaps than um, I guess technically his backup at that point. So with Rondale Moore, I, I'd be way off that. I just wanted to say that. I've been waiting on him all year, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Kirk is, especially if Kyler's out. If Kyler's out, then I think Kirk is really your only viable option here because even last week with Colt McCoy playing, he still saw eight targets and had seven catches on that. Um, not a ton of yardage, but you know he still produced almost 10 points, which is pretty flex-worthy for most receivers. So I would okay go with Christian Kirk. On the other hand, like A.J. Green did basically nothing with Colt McCoy in the game. Uh, five catches, or five targets, only one catch. And, yeah, as you said, you know, uh, Rondell Moore has been benched, apparently. Um, Antoine was Wesley is the guy who came in and played 60%, 76% of snaps, had one target, no stats. But either way, he was on the field more than Rondell Moore was, for whatever reason, two-year pro out of Texas Tech. That's all I know. Yeah, for me, it's just Christian Kirk. Um, that's the only one I would consider playing, uh, no matter who the quarterback is. And then... Uh, the backfield is James Conner, no one else, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, easy there, bud. Uh, Alex Collins still nursing that growing injury. Uh, it's bothered him in the last few weeks, but he should be good to go on Sunday, and hopefully because Chris Carson has still not been activated off IR. And, um, you know, from the team, they said he's not progressing like the team hoped he would. Um um, even though they thought there was a chance he would play last week, he did not. Uh, and it's looking like he's going to miss his six straight games. So Alex Collins, for me, is a start, and the value there is looking pretty good rest of the season, almost worthy of a trade target, you know, if you can get him on the cheap because he didn't have a good week last week. But the, the potential is there. You know, Seattle wants to run the ball. They always have. Um, I know they want to let Russ cook sometimes, but sometimes the cooking ain't really that great. So you got to be able to run the ball. You know, Pete Carroll's already said he wants to run the ball more. Yeah, I like Alex Collins rest of rest of the year. I feel the same. I'm curious how Irby feels though. The person who's actually seen this running back more than either of us. Yeah, I mean he's he's the guy there uh, with Carson out. Um, honestly, Collins has always been like kind of a 
decent running back when he gets his chances. He's not like the most dynamic player, but he kind of just he's one of those guys that is continuing to get you know three or four yards at a time, you know, bust a big one here or there, and just kind of always fall forward. So he's a decent fancy play. You know, he's probably at a low end RB two or flex play most weeks, but he is the the number one guy in this backfield right now. See, maybe you've seen him more than I have, but ever since I saw him on the Ravens and the couple times I've seen him on the Seahawks, he looks like he runs hard, man. Like he does. Hard. He's, just, he's like, just not like the most dynamic of backs. Like he's not. A, he's not very shifty. Uh, he doesn't really make guys miss, but he does run hard, and you know, and that keeps you keeps you around. With his dreads in the Seahawks uniform, I I always think Marshawn Lynch <laughs> every time. Said so Marshawn Lynch, Lynch made people look stupid. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, stupid. What are you doing about the receivers? DK Tyler Lockett. Are you expecting a better week from Russell Wilson after the the terrible week against the Packers? I totally am. Like I was saying last week, I was fading uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks last week just because he was coming off an injury. Um, I heard an interesting tidbit on our somewhat local sports news station a couple of days ago that um, I forgot who it was. It was a tight end that played a Russell Wilson. He said Russell Wilson cares about two things, his legacy and winning. So, I mean, why would he not be super motivated to just come out and do great? Yeah, I think the uh, – is his thumb right or a different finger? One uh, of his fingers. It's his ring finger on his That's throwing right. hand. I think it was really bothering him last week in the cold at Lambeau. Um, I don't think he was ready to come back. Probably should have sat uh, another week. So I'm expecting the, the finger to heal up a little bit more. Playing in warmer weather, I'm expecting a, a better week for sure. So, yeah, I would start Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. That's kind of what I'm saying because he cares so much about his legacy, right? He's probably heard the same thing that you pretty much just said from a lot of the media. Like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have came back so early, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, me? You know, I'm trying to be a legend. Let me, you know. <laughs> well, you put up zero points, legend. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Bengals at the Raiders. Uh, Bengals are one-point favorites. The over-under is 49.5 points. Uh, on the Raiders' side, Josh Jacobs was limited at practice Wednesday and Thursday with the knee injury, but it's looking like he'll be fine on Sunday. Um, are you comfortable playing him against the Bengals? I'm not. Oh. He just um, – he the, the offensive line is not playing great uh, run-blocking-wise. They're doing horrible, and he doesn't look 100%. It's just – it, nothing is adding up to look good for him right now, or really anything out of the Raiders' backfield right now with that offensive line. Would you start Alex Collins or... Alex Collins. Or any Raiders running back. I don't care. Put CMC back there. At this <laughs> point, Like the, the, the line is like really struggling in the run game. They're, Would you start Mark Ingram or Josh Jacobs? Mark Ingram. With, jo- with Kamara playing? I would, yeah. Josh Jacobs is like he's he's a shell of what he was because he's still like battling his injuries and trying to be a hundred percent. And he he's still like mostly there. He's falling forward. He's getting yards after contact, stuff like that. But the contact is like a yard or two before where it was in his previous years because the run blocking is so bad. Would you start Deontay Foreman or Josh Jacobs? Jesus, that's a really close <laughs> I'm one. seeing how deep we can go. Here. Yeah, I'll do Josh Jacobs at that point. <laughs> okay. At that point, I'll do Josh Jacobs. What about you, Ty? Josh Jacobs over all those guys, or I mean, not over all of them, but uh, 
I'd probably take, still take Josh Jacobs over Alec Collins this week. Um, not probably probably not Mark Ingram, but um, I think I think Jacobs will be fine. Um, I know it's been it's been rough, but I mean it's got to turn around at some point. Why not this week? Yeah, so I would assume that means you're not starting Kenyon Drake. Are you starting any of? You're starting Darren Waller, but are you starting Renfro? Are you starting Brian Edwards? Renfro is it for now? Yeah, I agree. I, Renfro is actually even in half point PPR has actually been relatively productive the last few weeks. Uh, I think he's had double digit games. What? Three yeah, he's got four. a nice floor. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he's gonna consistently get you like you know ten ish points, and in this offense, I mean, that's that's not a bad thing. Um, but preferred in full in full PPR for sure. Uh, on the Bengals side, coming off the bye week, um, I really like Joe Burrow this week. Um, I think he's a really solid start. Um, obviously, Jamar Chase, um, T. Higgins. I think you can start. Do you guys? I definitely believe it. T. Higgins is primed for a, a breakout second half of the season. Um, I mean, once once Jamar Chase like slows down a little bit on the touchdowns, if it does happen, which it seems like it has been lately, it, it would honestly it has to. Otherwise, he's gonna have like the best season of, of all time. <laughs> you know, for uh, right? It's like we we think yeah. it's going to right, and like the only person like T. Higgins is up there as far as like target percentage, all that kind of stuff. Maybe Irby's looking at it right now, but he's definitely, if anything, even and if he's not, he better be. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, he's higher than Jamar Chase in a couple of those stats as far as like uh like air yards and stuff like that. Either that or they're close. Um, fantasy points wise, you wouldn't think they're getting like the same amount of looks, but his looks are uh, almost similar. Yeah, and Jamar Chase has slowed down a little bit as the season's gone on. Um, you know, he's back-to-back weeks under 50 yards, um, whereas you know the, he was going 100 plus 200 yards and almost that week in week out. So he should be. I mean, Jamar Chase probably isn't going to break Justin Jefferson's rookie record he set up last year, um, but he'll make it close. In terms of T. Higgins, um, he seems to have become the true number two receiver on this offense. I know if you look at like their overall stats for the season and their fantasy ranking, him and Tyler Boyd are pretty even. They're only like separate by a few uh, ranking points. But Tyler Boyd seems to be really volatile, where he's like he can go for eighteen and then like two. Where T Higgins is more of a consistent like seven or eight point floor. So Higgins should be the guy you want on your team going forward. Oh yeah, definitely. And they're like average depth of target. I'm doing super rough math right now, but Tyler Boyd is around like. 10 maybe less and t higgins is definitely 12 13 plus uh do you start tyler boyd or cj uzoma 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 i like the tight oh you're saying you would start uzoma yes okay (laughs) you're just saying his name for fun (laughs) no no, i was that's what i was going with (laughs) raiders are so bad against tight ends i almost made their second stringer my start of the week uh if it was more promising i'm dead serious yeah we'll get into it Cowboys at the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. Over under fifty six points, which I think is the high of the week. Basically every week with the Chiefs, but yeah, in the Cowboys, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire could miss another week with a knee injury. I think, uh, yeah, head coach Randy uh, Andy Reid uh, said they're going to want to. Most likely, they're probably going to hold him out again with the bye week in week twelve, and you probably won't see him until week thirteen. If that's the case, Daryl Williams continues to be a huge waiver wire ad, um, or was in the past, right, because of what he's done. 
and is an absolute must start, I think. Um, last week, 144 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. I mean, uh, the receiving work has been surprising, to say the least, because we thought that's kind of like what we would get with Clyde Edwards-Alaire when he first came in the league, and it, he just hasn't. It, it just hasn't manifested. But Darrell Williams is, is doing that and being successful at it. I think he had like nine targets and nine receptions last week. So he's a must-start well, for I mean, me. His touchdown catch was pretty pretty amazing, too. Yeah, I mean, even when Clyde comes back, I'm pretty worried about Clyde. Like, I think I think Darrell Williams has earned at least a split backfield. I'd say more so than that. Honestly, if, if they come, if he comes back and Andy Reid gives him more than like a 30% snap share, I'm going I'm to wonder what Andy Reid's doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I know it's crazy to you know question a legend like Andy Reid, and <laughs> I'm not calling plays in the NFL, but like, come on, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't done anything like Darrell Williams has in the last five games. Yep. Uh, receivers, you know, Tyreek Hill, you're starting Travis Kelsey, uh, but that's it, right? Or would you, with such a high over under, would you take a shot on on the Boomer Bust guys like McColl or? I wouldn't at this point just because the Chiefs have been so inconsistent. It, it seems like they had like one good game against the Raiders, and now the whole league is just convinced that the, the Chiefs got it back together again. You got to keep in mind this is a division game, and if anything, both of those teams like have that shit marked on their calendar before the season started. Like they've definitely been thinking about that all year. That's that's a lot different than playing a, a team out of your division. So I wouldn't really uh, take too much out of that Chiefs game against the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. Uh, on the Dallas side, Dak, Zeke, um, are you starting both Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb? I like CeeDee Lamb a lot more than Cooper. Yeah, for sure. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is the clear number one guy in this offense now. Um, I think you're still definitely starting Cooper. I mean, the matchup's there to, there for the taking. Um, but as we've seen for many years now, as Trey will like to point out, that uh, Cooper is he can go off one game and be completely non-existent in the next even though he has the talent to be more more consistent so it's just it just sucks Amari Cooper is that kid you went to high school with that was like the most athletic kid in high school but he just didn't feel like doing it just because he didn't feel like doing it <laughs> you know he just wasn't feeling it that week you know whatever da, da, da. Amari Cooper you don't want him on your team that will lose you games <laughs> Yeah, he's honestly it is becoming a tough draft pick like for next year. I wonder how that'll break, you know, break out because he'll give you like a 30 plus point week and then do absolutely nothing, you know, for two or three weeks and that definitely I mean, every single receiver is is going to have good and bad games, but you do hope for some sort of consistency, especially when you're drafting a guy what in the first 5 rounds, 6 rounds like So in our draft this year, I uh, I drafted him at in a 12-team league, the 11th pick of the fifth round, which I thought was getting great value for him at that time. Um, and honestly, I think he's still ranked receiver 23 in PPR league, so I mean that still yeah. means I actually probably still get get value for him because he probably should have gone more in like the fourth round. But I mean, yeah, I think you're I think you're gonna see that like people are just tired of like wondering whether or not he's gonna be good week in and week out. Yeah, and the same goes for Mike Williams. Um... You know, in this next matchup we're going to talk about, the Steelers taking on the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Chargers are five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 47 points. 
starting on the Chargers side of the ball. Um, and let's just start with the with the guy that everyone wants to talk about because it's been probably pretty frustrating uh, for for Mike Williams' managers. The production just has been dwindling and not really been there. Uh, Ten receptions for 137 yards the last four games combined. Uh, there's supposed to be a lot of points scored here. Um, what are you guys doing with Mike Williams? Are you throwing him back in there after he's been killing you? No, no. And he and I am an owner, and he's he just he breaks my heart. Um, I mean, and granted, this is like this is what he's been his entire career, and he he started off so hot this year. We're like, oh, you know, he put three games in a row or three out of four, like finally with like big production, and then it's really tapered off. Um. So I think he's at this point he is who he is. He's an absolute boomer bust guy. Probably will be for the rest of his career, and that just it makes him a very hard person to try to start. Perfectly said. I'm not going to add any more to that. <laughs> Honestly, that's exactly yeah. what he is. He's been dealing with some knee swelling for for some weeks now, but head coach Brandon Staley said that is not the reason for his lack of production. So. That's not sounding good coming from the seems head like coach a, either. Seems like it'd be a very easy correlation. It's where the head coach would be like, nah, that's not the reason. Well, like, to well, me, that says Staley's seen something that is not good, right? In terms right. of his play, maybe his effort. And fucking tell us what work it is. Ethic. I'd love to know. <laughs> well, he probably doesn't want to put him on blast, but it's probably a shot at his work ethic or his effort, something along those lines. We should see if he's been hanging out with Amari Cooper. <laughs> um. Other Chargers, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, uh, Keenan Allen, and what? Nope. Nope. Stop there. Not going <laughs> yeah, cook? That's nope. pretty much nope. it. Yeah. No tight ends? No. Nah, it's, too, it's too unpredictable with them. Uh, on the Steelers' side, Big Ben is still on the COVID list, but Mike Tomlin, uh, Tomlinson said that he does not need to practice to play this weekend. I would hope not. He's 39 years old. <laughs> Mike Tomlinson, huh? Is this Ladanian's brother? What? He said Mike Tomlinson. Oh, well, that's not my fault. Oh. That's whoever wrote that. Mike Tomlin's son said. No, Mike Tomlin. I'm just Mike Tomlin. Some stupid yeah. shit. <laughs> hey, if you want it to be said right, then you then write it, you know? I did. It's written <laughs> did now. <you? laughs> yeah, I did. Oh wait, no, I did it. I'm in the wrong spot. Never mind. Anyways. Um uh, <laughs> so it's looking like Big Ben will probably play, I imagine. Um, so Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris start. Um, but I think a solid start here is Pat Fryermuth. Um, he's just kind of established himself into this offense, as he should. He's a really talented player, um, and he's going against the fifth-worst defense against tight ends. So good start there at the tight end position. Um, are you starting anyone else on the Steelers? No, but I really do like Fryermuth a lot. Definitely emerged later later in the season. He's he's a good play for the rest of the year. Fryermuth or Troutman? Muth. Troutman for this week. Yeah, I'm de- definitely on Fryermuth. I think he's just been more consistent as the season gone on. Troutman's been kind of a two week thing so far. They no, both he, have he's a Simeon thing. They both have good matchups, and I think Fryermuth's the better player. I think he has the better opportunity for a touchdown. I think he's on a better team and more opportunity for red zone targets. 
Uh, Giants at the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 11-point favorites, and the over-under is 49.5 points. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Saquon Barkley, is practicing this week and expected to make his first start in over a month. Um, but he's facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And we did see Antonio Gibson have a good game against them last week. Are you okay starting Saquon in his first game back? No. No, I'm not. This is not the Before welcome. Before you speak, let me tell you this. Vita, <laughs> Vita Vey is not playing. Oh, that's a nice little chunk of information. Like one of the best run blocking defensive linemen of our generation. Why run, run defending? Vay, what's is he hurt? Uh, yeah, that's, that's just what I read. Is Vita Vey is not going to be playing this week? I honestly do not know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not wanting to start Saquon Barkley. Uh, this is not the welcome home party that uh, that you want to go to. Yeah, I would be skeptical as well. Um, I feel like there's some people out there, though, like with with the running back situation and their roster, they're probably having to decide, oh, do I start Deontay Foreman or Saquon Barkley? Like if, if that's your decision, you're still sitting Barkley? No, I think you have to go with Barkley only because, like, the pedigree. Um, receiving work? Probably, yeah, but probably better receiving work. I mean – and it's just it's Saquon Barkley. I know it's a name, but like we all know the talents there. Because reason reason he was a rookie of the year, like he came out, you know, he lit the league on fire his first year there. Then he's had injuries since, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm more just worried that like it's a terrible matchup. He has a terrible offensive line, and he's coming off of a off of an injury that hit, you know is coming out for what four or five weeks now. That's what I'm worried about. What about like Alex Collins or Saquon? I'd probably roll with Collins this week. Um, again, it's mostly just because of the the matchup. I know Vey is out, but like you still have two of the best linebackers, you know, right behind him, filling in all the other gaps. So, yeah, I'm definitely with Alex Collins. Would you start Deonta Foreman? <laughs> Jeez, I'm not that <laughs> high on him. I'm just saying uh, the Ravens are a run heavy team, and he's the one that's going to get the most carries. So he's the most likely one to get a touchdown out of the running backs, Deonta Foreman. But oh. No, I'm talking about Foreman for the Titans, not Freeman for the Raiders. Oh, not Freeman, my bad. Yeah, you have to Foreman. God, their names are so similar. Um, Sterling Shepard was limited to just sideline work on Wednesday, but then didn't practice Thursday. Um, it's not looking good for him with the step back in practice, but Galladay and Kadarius Tony were both taken off the injury report. Um would you be okay with starting, you know, Galladay or Kadarius Tony um, in this matchup where the Giants are probably going to be forced to throw the ball quite a bit? Kadarius Tony's a trap at this point. You don't think he's good or what? I think he's good, but fantasy-wise he's a trap right now in the Giants' offense. It's, it's incredibly inconsistent. Yeah, I don't like the offense at all. Um, That's what I'm saying. It's a trap because he he looks so good, but with that offense, it's just it really is a trap. You you could get a, like a two point game out of him. Yeah, it's tough. Would you? I mean, would you start Galladay or Tony? Um, I would prefer Galladay, and it's only because like they'll be from behind. They'll have to you know, there's garbage time points to go there, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's only because like I think he'll get more looks. Tony's obviously the more dynamic player out of the two of them. 
But I think you're right. I think Tony is a trap that, like, he's flashed that one time. I had such a big game. Now you're like, oh, should I put him? That's a good matchup. Should we put him in? It's like, just, yeah, I think you should pull back in the reins. Yeah, maybe take a breather and see what happens um, this week. Take an ice bath. <laughs> There's probably better options out there, but I think if you're forced to start these guys, I would be okay starting Galladay or Kadarius Tony. Uh, Antonio Brown missed practice Wednesday, but even more importantly, <laughs> today it was reported he obtained a fake COVID-19 vaccination card and used it to bypass NFL protocols. So what an Antonio Brown thing to do. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> why was I not surprised? The other issue with this though is like the source. It was his ex personal chef. Uh, and he said that Antonio Brown's girlfriend showed him them personally that they both had fake vaccination cards. Now, is this just like a slighted ex employee or is there any like, you know, validity to it? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to prove it, you know? Right. I, I mean, guess this is like, if, if he has a vaccination or not, I guess. How, but again, how are you going to prove it? Because like, unless you pull his medical records. Yeah. Because like, if you anybody who's had the vaccine just knows like they just write your name on a little card right. and say that you were here on this day, and then you laminate it. You said, "Hey, look, here's my card." I mean, you're in the records too, though. It's not just the card, right? But right, but they'd have to pull the medical records to do it. Yeah, which I don't know if they can legally or not, or what how that. Yeah. Granted, though, like, the league the size of the NFL, I'm kind of surprised that, like, they were just okay with people. Like, oh, here's my vaccination card. Look. <laughs> look, there's a smiley face on it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that does seem, like, really weird. I honestly don't really care. But if it is true, like, how – if he did do that, like, purposely, get, like, a fake, you know, COVID vaccination card, like, how – like, why does he insist on, like, fucking everything up? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think it's just in his nature at this point. Like, he literally he, he just has won no a choice. Super Bowl with like one of the greatest players to play the game. Yeah, like, and he prefers you over some really good receivers. And <laughs> you're just like, you know what I should do is like fuck this up. Yeah, yeah. You know, the know, other thing about that too, he's been sucks. living with Tom Brady like this entire year. Like Tom Brady, let, like let this slip underneath his nose. How dare Tom Brady not have yeah, this guy see, in check? And Antonio Brown's also having sex with Giselle Bunchen. Also, <laughs> Jeez. I mean, come on, he's kissing Tom Brady's kids on the mouth. It's weird. Well, uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking okay. Outside of the COVID stuff, um, he also reportedly has a long way to go um, on his ankle injury. So it doesn't look like. Even if, you know, whatever, if nothing happens with a COVID fake, um, his ankle is still not ready, so he's probably not going to play. Galladay and uh, – Galladay. Um, Godwin and, and Mike Evans, you're both starting. Um, and that's probably it, right? And then, of course, Leonard Fournette and Tom Brady. Who? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? I've never heard of him. Tom. Um, <laughs> uh, you know. Giselle's husband, you were just talking about her. I know Giselle, yeah. <laughs> Drafted her first round, dude. <laughs> All right, let's uh, close this thing out with our starts of the week. Um, I'll go ahead and kick it off, Trey. Uh, I was gonna say put the jizz in Giselle, but I mean, just <laughs> you're gonna say it, then you did say it. So. Uh, yeah, and I, I, you looked at me, so I said it. <laughs> Uh, my quarterback start of the week, Joe Burrow. Um, it's a pretty good matchup against the Raiders, uh, who have given up some points to quarterbacks. Uh, they're in the top 12 for points given up to the quarterback position. 
Uh, Bengals are coming off the bye week. Um, and a nice little stat here. Bengals uh, throw inside the 10 at the second highest rate in the league. Um, so instead of running the ball, they're throwing the ball. Uh, I like this matchup. I think it's a, a big week for Joe Burrow. Either one of you can go oh, next. You mean that? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you normally There's direct. No direction. You normally direct oh, yeah, us. Right. <laughs> hey, okay. So I'm, I'm gonna stick in the same game. I like Derek Carr versus the Bengals. Um, uh, we'll see who. Yeah, what are we betting? Who has a bigger game? Burrow's gonna have a better game. Well, okay. Well, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won the bet. Yeah, you already took him, but that, that's how I feel about this game. Honestly, they're both they're both gonna finish top ten, like for sure. Uh, but Derek Carr's had like a couple bad games in the last couple weeks. But even last week with like his subpar game, he still had 19 points. And I, I assume they're going to be trying to keep up with the Bengals in this game, which is going to lead them to throw more. And um, Cincinnati's given up 20 plus fantasy points pretty much like anytime they play a somewhat decent quarterback. It, it just seems uh, just in the stars. Derek Carr gets 20 plus this week. Yeah, actually, I like both those plays. I considered them both when I was you know, picking my guys this week, so I think they're both good plays and should be easy top 10 quarterbacks. Um, I know earlier in the in the thing, which or in you know, our matchups, we said that uh, Tannehill might be the stream of the week, and I wrote this, but I'm going with Tua as my stream of the week. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, liked, I was trying to decide between Tannehill and Joe Burrow, honestly. Yeah, so I actually prefer Tua over Tannehill this week as my stream. Um, he's my star of the week. Um, you know, he's back from the finger injury. He played, he only played 46% of snaps last week. Um, after, you know, not starting the game, still put up over 11 points in less than half the snaps. So that means he's against a really good Ravens defense was still going to put up, you know, 22 points. If he played a full game that just shows that week in and week out, he's basically almost guaranteed 20 points. And, um, I was not a two believer to begin the year. I am now Trace helped convince me, you know, walked me over, over that line and, uh, the Jets are giving up almost 23 points a game in the last four weeks to quarterbacks. So I think puts two us, you know, solid, solidly in the top mm-hmm. five this week. Uh, yeah, I like that pick. I think Tua, you know, he's healthy, good matchup. Yeah, for sure. Tua over Tannehill for you, Jim? Uh, no, I would go Tannehill. I like Tua more than Tannehill. Well, were you going to bet on it? No, I'm just putting it on wax. Well, we're, we're on the same side here. Yeah. I'll bet you a cigar, Tyler. <laughs> like how cigars are like our go-to bet now. <laughs> <laughs> you taking I, it or not? Tua, or are you talking over Tannehill or Burrow? Tannehill or Tua? Or Tua. Yeah. I'll take Tua over Tannehill. Okay. We shook on it. <laughs> <laughs> we shook on it. <laughs> uh, running backs. I like Miles Gaskin. I know I'm going out on a limb here. I might really regret doing this it kind of was painful typing his name into this slot here but i'm gonna go miles gaskin playing against the jets who've given up the most points to running backs on the year for the entire year they're averaging 31.6 points per game there's no other defense that's giving up 30 plus points per game to running backs um if there's ever a week for gaskin to have a week it's this week and his biggest week (laughs) Yeah, biggest game of the year so far has came against Tampa Bay. But I really like the matchup. There's no one else for them to turn to. Yeah, I, I, I'm i basically choosing him to say that you can confidently start Miles Gaskin this week. And I hope it doesn't bite me in the ass. 
I'm definitely going on a little limb there, but I, I can see it. I, I can definitely see it. Uh, my running back start of the week is going to be James Robinson versus the 49ers. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier how he still has like those lingering injuries, but he still had 16.4 points last week through the ground and through the air getting receiving work, which is nice to see, even though he's coming off of that injury. And the 49ers are still recovering from what James Conner and Jonathan Taylor did to him. I mean, both those guys just absolutely gashed the 49ers defense. James Conner went for 96 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, 77 yards, touchdown through the air. Jonathan Taylor, we all know what he does through the ground, just killing it. I mean, the 49ers have definitely been susceptible through the through the ground in the last few weeks. And even though they were whooping up on the Rams, the Rams were still running for like six yards of carry before they got out of hand with the, the game score. So, I mean, it's just definitely primed for James Robinson. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because I'm going with James Conner <laughs> against the Seahawks. Uh, this one's honestly a pretty simple one. Uh, James Conner is you know, clearly the bell cow back in this offense now with Chase Edmonds being out. The Seahawks are terrible against running backs, even though the defense as a whole has gotten a little bit better the last couple weeks. They're still awful against running backs, um, actually slightly worse than they were at the beginning of the season. And on top of that, they are the second worst team against receiving backs, and James Conner is going to get all the receiving work out of the backfield too. I think James Conner is an easy, easy you know, 20-point play this week. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can see that happening. Uh, receivers, I got A.J. Brown, which might be a little chalky, but playing Houston this week, you know, I feel like I could pick a chalky receiver since I picked Miles Gaskin as my running back, right? Gives me a little bit of bounce. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, the reason why I wanted to pick A.J. Brown is I think he's going to have a big second half of the season. He did last year. Um, and I think this offense is going to be leaning on Tannehill and Brown um, a lot with middling running back options in the backfield. Um, the offense is going to have to shift, and um, I think A.J. Brown is primed for a, a big second half. Uh, between weeks 11 and 17 last year, A.J. Brown was the wide receiver five overall. Um, so, yeah, I like him this week and, and going forward. Yeah, I could definitely see that. A.J. Brown always has like a – it seems like he's just primed for like the second half of the season for sure. It is going to be a little interesting only because Derrick Henry's not there. You yeah. Know? And, you know, Derrick Henry always made it kind of easier for them to throw the ball because the play-action game is always going to be there. So right. that makes it a little interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's not like I hate the pick by any means. I am going to go with Devonta Smith. As my wide receiver start of the week, uh, he's playing the New Orleans Saints. Devonta Smith's got three touchdowns in the last two weeks. He has had none before that. Uh, it's just nice to see him and Hurts getting their connection like more solidified as the season goes on. And like New Orleans has been like decent against receivers, but they've been really bad against wide receiver ones like all year. Just really quick, just to point it out. I mean, going back to the beginning of the season, they played the Panthers. DJ Moore had double digit points. Play the Patriots. Kendrick Bourne has double digit points. Play the Giants, John Ross and Kenny Galladay. Double digit points. Play the Seahawks. DK Metcalf. Double digit points. Play the Buccaneers. Chris Godwin. Mike Edwins. Double digit points. Alameda Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus. Whatever. 17 points. I mean, they've done decent against a couple receivers, but even last week, 10 points to Marcus Johnson. And that's not a, that's in a standard league, so that's actually 12.5 points to Marcus Johnson. So, I mean, they, they get exposed by wide receiver ones. It's, it's bound to happen. Yep, I don't think you're wrong by any means there. Um, I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. And I know I chose him two weeks ago before their bye week against Miami. 
That was before Miami went on. That's okay. Trey chooses Derek Carr every single week as his quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Yeah. And, like, that was when Miami started to go on their tear as a defense. Um, So it's kind of crazy. But Tyrod Taylor is back. And when Tyrod Taylor's there, Brand Cooks just gets basically every look there is. Uh, In that game against Miami, they threw the ball 43 times. Uh, Brand Cooks had a 14 targets in that game, which is a 32.5% target share, which is insane. We mentioned earlier he's fourth in the league at a 30% target share for the year. So he should uh, get a ton of looks this week against a great matchup with against Titans giving up the most rece- most receptions, yards, and fantasy points to receivers on the year. So Brandon Cooks should be back in the uh, winner circle this week. Uh, tight ends, Pat Fryermuth is my guy, Patty. Um, I'll keep it short because we talked about him a little bit earlier, but talented player who's pretty much established himself as part of this offense, even had nine targets last week with um, good old uh, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, that's the name that keeps slipping my mind, uh, throwing the ball around. So no matter who the quarterback is, I think it's proven that Pat Fryermuth is part of the game plan. Tomlin sees the talent wants to take advantage of it um so he's my guy this week the chargers uh are giving up the fifth most points to fan uh to tight ends this this year they seem to kind of funnel the uh, the defense uh to the tight ends so yeah i uh i really like patty this week i like cole Komet versus the ravens um, he finally had like his breakout game of the year after playing most of the snaps pretty much all season, like 90 plus percent of snaps besides the first couple of weeks. He had like 70 percent, 70% of snaps. Either way, this guy's been on the field pretty much all season. And, uh, he finally got a decent game, eight targets, six catches, 87 yards. And, um, he just has a bunch of really interesting snap or interesting stats. Honestly, he's third on the team in snap share. So, or in, in uh, target share, around 20%, but he leads the team in red zone targets with eight. So, and that's like a 21% share. So, I, I just think that's a good uh, combination between Justin Fields and Cole Komet, the rookie quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, it's always been a good connection. James over there with his fucking shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> um you're just gonna ruin the best start of the week, probably. <laughs> probably. Cole Komet is a good one. I'm telling you. That is it. Yeah, I was looking at him too. He's he's good. He's good. Um, I left him for you. Yeah. <laughs> tight ends and defenses. I will find one. Trust me. <laughs> uh, my tight end of the week is gonna be CJ Uzama. Um, I wanted to kind of gloss over him earlier in the matchup because I didn't want to you know bring up too much. What was that last name? Uh, Uzoma. Okay. Uzoma. <laughs> That's all you want. Yeah, pizzazz. <laughs> um, honestly, he's extremely touchdown dependent. Uh, one of the more touchdown dependent starting tight ends in the league. But this match against the Raiders is it's too good to pass up. Uh, the Raiders are giving up almost 20 points a game to tight ends the last four weeks, and even on the year are giving up the second most points to tight ends. It's just one of those. It's an easy matchup. I expect uh, Uzoma to, uh, <laughs> to, to to feast in this game. All right, Stink, uh, who are the defenses we should be starting or trying to acquire this week? Well, I got three this week. Keep in mind, I'm not putting the obvious ones. I, I put out teams that like are hopefully available in leagues, teams that are like uh, – it's not going to be like the Rams or the Patriots, teams that are probably held on to. 
So my three uh, three defenses of the week. My first one's going to be the Dolphins versus the Jets. Dolphins been on a tear lately, and <laughs> I see Irby's laughing at my little note that I put here. Honestly, at this point, I'd rather have Shane Falco than Joe Flacco. <laughs> uh, starting for the Ravens, it's just it's primed for the Dolphins. What a great reference that is. I love that. That's pretty nice. I watch that movie too often, honestly. It's because I'm wiry. That's some solid entertainment value oh, there. Very wiry. I'm very wiry. Um, anyways. <laughs> wait, what? I just want to say real quick. And I'm surprised the Dolphins are still rostered in only 46% of leagues on Sleeper. This is like it. Because it, people ma- are spending fab in our leagues on the Dolphins. Oh, see, the thing is, like, maybe I'm wrong, but like the defense is so slept on in fantasy football. But it's like if this is a position that you are using in your lineups, why are you not putting time into it? I put a, a, honestly probably more time into defenses than other positions. It sounds horrible, but like I'm really looking into because. You don't want to get zero points. You much rather get ten. It's such a huge difference in like every week. And if you're not paying attention to defenses and picking up good defenses, you're not gonna fucking win. It's true. And like, yeah, I mean, in our league, um, the guy who who got him because I mean, I put a, a bid in front this week, uh, but the, the guy who got him in our league put up ten dollars one, which is you know ten percent of his fab for the year. That's a hefty price to play for a defense. Yeah, I uh, think they I play like the Jets it. twice though. Um, later still. in the season they do yeah, yeah the, I think they finish the, honestly the, the Dolphins won't be playing the Jets championship um, Dolphins have weekend. a really good um, rest of season schedule yeah definitely I mean, I mean, I've been peeping them trust me but yeah so the Dolphins definitely look good and uh, so moving on I, I really like the Seahawks against the Cardinals this is if Kyler Murray is out we already said Cole McCoy be in if Kyler Murray is out and the, the Seattle defense isn't like too flashy. They don't put a bunch of stats up or anything like that, but they haven't allowed more than 17 points in two consecutive weeks, and they seem to be getting more stout, not allowing more yards uh, just in general to teams. And last but not least, I like the Washington football team versus the Panthers. Um, another not-so-great-looking fantasy defense, like once you're looking at the stats, but they've been playing better lately. Also held Tampa Bay and Denver to 17 points, under 300 yards. I think both games, honestly, 273 total yards, which is weird. Like the same amount of yards for both games. Either way, Washington football team is playing better without Chase Young, which doesn't make sense. You got to ride that. And the fact they're playing Cam Newton, who we know is coming more or less off the street, super inconsistent, even. I mean, that one's super deep. Like, if that one if that one pays off, I'll be sold. Washington football team? Yeah, because they've been terrible on defense. At least five points this week, guaranteed. Like, what's their uh, double yeah, digits probably just off rostered of turnovers. in 19% of leagues. I mean, you me but no, I, I think it, I think it could be a really good pick. Is what I'm saying. I, I think that's a great one. It's gonna, it's available in probably almost it every. Would, if they do get dig, if they do get double digit points, fantasy points. That is that it'll be the first time they've done it this year. I think it's possible just because of them playing better defense, allowing less yards combined with Cam Newton coming in, like we talked about earlier, playing as old coach, just kind of playing a little bit, uh, just out of usual, trying to do a little a little bit too much, playing extra more turnovers and that could be another touchdown i mean it's just it looks good for him i agree there actually uh uh ron rivera was asked earlier this week uh in an interview since he's going up against cam newton again if he has like a specific section or had a little kind of notebook of defensive plays to play against cam newton if you ever had to and ron rivera said yes i've had it since he was my since he was my player 
that he has a very specific set of plays he wants to establish and use against Cam Newton, knowing what his strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah, see, that was my last point I forgot to bring out because Ron knows what his weaknesses are. He knows Superman's kryptonite. I mean, this is looking good this week. He may be Superman's kryptonite. <laughs> Riverboat. Yeah, no, I really like that pick. It, it would definitely be a sneaky play, and they're, you know, pretty much anyone listening to this could go pick up Washington football team defense right now. Um, they're widely available. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, but that'll about do it for our starts of the week um, in our matchup episode. So, good luck, everyone, in your matchups this weekend. Uh, we will plan on seeing you next Tuesday with our waiver wire show for week 12 hard to imagine we're already here but here we are the playoffs on the horizon uh so make sure you follow us at the ff fathers and we will see you tuesday have a good one folks pet your local neighborhood cat (laughs) yeah throw that in there for sure (laughs) 